Hello and welcome back to In Football Terms. I'm joined by Erling in the studio today for a special episode where we are wrapping up uh, and giving an overview of the recent SPL final, which was played. We're recording on this on the Sunday. In fact, it was played on the Friday. Um, an amazing result for for Cavendish Road State High School, um, beating Albany Creek five one. Uh, due to the previous results where they'd been down twice, I think this was came as, uh, you know, the the magnitude of the result came as possibly a surprise. Yeah, and we saw a lot of interest in this one because we know from a we know from a podcast perspective we made a few posts on the Instagram page about it and that. That blew up. We really got a lot of interest there, and I think that shows the passion that the the Cavro community has with its senior team. And yeah, I think the other reason there was interest around this was because previously, going going into this game, the first game in the SPL group stage, they went three one down to Albany Creek, albeit Cav did have a few players out, but we wouldn't have thought that had that much of an impact. And then in the Metros, which we know is a bit more of an informal kind of structured game, they went down 2-1 again. So there was interest built up on this one simply for the fact that we were almost the underdogs. Cav Road really came into this with not no high expectations. And leading up to this final, give us an overview of how the, the senior SPL season went for this team. Um, and did they come into this game with some momentum? I think they did. I think they really did because there was no doubt that they were going to make finals. I think pretty much the whole way through, they were. there was a, maybe a few bumps, but realistically, they were always going to make finals. And they had a very strong team to do that. So their season leading up to this final, I think, was very, very good. And we know that there was actually a few uh, distractions with this final because... Obviously, which we'll get into later, the Year 12s have external exams that they were doing, so that kind of interrupted things. I think this game was meant to happen in about week three, yep. and we're now speaking in, in at the end of week six. So we know that there was a very big delay there, which may have played a factor in Albany Creek's preparations, but I, I doubt it. But yeah, we saw a very strong season from the from the senior team at Cav Road, and I think that, that showed the... Um, the, the the character that they brought into the final and um, certainly deserved it. Coming back to the actual final now, we saw some fairly casual and, and laid-back uh, approaches pre-match. Um, I think you could say that is almost a philosophy of this team. Yeah. I... Uh, a lot of the players can, uh, you know, switch into another side of their playing mentality when they want to but I think this is seen throughout the Cav Road ranks as well by extension actually you know the warm-up not being really taken too seriously whatsoever uh saving all the energy for the actual game this time it worked out we saw for example in the intermediate boys SPL of the season did not work out whatsoever um how do you rate that approach yeah, well, as you say, I think that's more of a that's more of a Cav Road schooling philosophy. Mm. You see this with the with the touch academies. You see literally zero warm up going into the games, yet they still win a lot of their games. 
I'm not too sure about Netball Academy. Don't pay too much attention to that side I'd of things. I'd say they probably take it very seriously. Yeah, they, they do give that impression. So anyway, back to the normal side of the Cav philosophy. This was expected. We saw players such as JJ, JJ Hamdad, one of the one of the goal scorers, arrive almost 30 minutes before the game with a bag, came and ate one of my chips before the game. And I think that showed what we were about to see. We are about to see a casual, laid-back, non-stressed game. And I think although some people believe that is a, that is a poor approach to having a grand final of such a prestigious competition, for players at Cav Road, that really works. And you see, you see many of them really take that, really that laid-back approach. And as you say, this time it really worked out. But I think it's safe to say that really stems from the coaches. Because well, I was just going to say that follows through into the coaching philosophy. And we know the, the head coach of this team, Cal Turp, you know, he's not much of a tactician. He, oh, he's more kick of a, it along he's or more of a, the ball. He's more of a, a man manager. Yeah. He keeps the players happy and kind of lets them do their own thing. He's not uh, too skilled with the tactics board. He's, he's pretty much top level of coaching is with his under nines at, at club level. So, you know, translating that into a, a, a game of this magnitude just isn't quite yeah, really going to happen. But then what we see is, well, we see two sides of the spectrum because we see, we see obviously this under nine glory coach that... Oh, completely. The success is undeniable. It, it's, you, have to, you have to put your hands up to, to what he has done with his under nine team. But then the other side of the spectrum... You have Daryl Cash, a man that sometimes goes overboard with the tactics and, and almost takes it too seriously with the tactics. I think this time out really helped give the team structure because we know under Terp's philosophy, realistically, there would have been 11 individuals on the, on the field that still don't know each other's names. Whereas with Cash, we did see an element of tactics. But Ultimately, I think that balances each other out. You have one that's a very good man manager, one that couldn't care less about the men, but cares way more about the tactics board. Yeah, completely. And uh, we'll go into more the actual game now. Uh, we saw the goal scorers being, um, you know, quite spread out. Uh, we had uh, the opening goal scored by Luca, the second goal by JJ. Uh, Novak scored the third, the captain, Oscar, scoring the fourth, and then Novak w- with the fifth. So he got two. But apart from that, it was quite quite spread out. Uh, Albany Creek obviously got a co- consolation somewhere in there. Who were your standout performers in this game? Well, I was just going to mention. So what basically what happened, the first goal was a penalty by Luca. I believe it was Luca that won that penalty. And it was a very cool, calm, collected penalty. Just another example of Cav Road's calm philosophy. JJ came in, scored a, scored a good goal. And then we saw Albany Creek score, score their goal. But no less than 30 seconds later, we see Novak score the third. Well, that's amazing because you could say that that could definitely be like a turning point in the game. You know I what think I mean? it was. And I was because just about to say, I think that really almost have lost momentum, but then immediately gained Well, that's what more. I mean. It could have gone either way because... if. You know, we saw the score go to two one. If that then comes back up to to two all, you know, you've completely the lost your momentum. Changed, has changed. It, you haven't just lost it; you've gifted it to the opposition. But I think what was really important in this game was that third goal by Novak that really turned the tide 
right back into into Cavs' favour. And realistically, going back to your your question about who was one of the uh, who was the best player, in my opinion, you have to say Novak took two shots in that game, scored two, and that is what you see see in a clinical striker. You see in a player such as myself. I, I will take one shot in a game and I'll score that one shot or I'll get five shots in a game and I'll score those five shots. So I think that is when you see a player of a high calibre really, really setting up for his team. And I, and I think that that was, a, that was a key to the success of Cav. But ultimately, one of the birthday boys, actually, Tim O'Verner, who we have had on the podcast, he's a player that usually never has seen success in his life. But I think he he had one of his standout standout games. Well, that's interesting because you know to the to the many 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 people that would have seen this reposted all over the Instagram stories, they're not seeing Timo Werner's name on the you know on the list of goal scorers. But you're saying he was a bit of an underlying. I kind do of believe if you were on to, his birthday, yeah, if you were to see an assist sheet, mm. I think he's on two or three of them. Right, 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 and very very good assist. Oscar's goal was extremely... It was it was a brilliant header. But it was also set up by a really good cross. And I think that that um, that really, really showed that Timo Werner is actually more than just a joke, as many of us do see him. Um, but yeah, so you could really say that maybe it was because of the motivation of his birthday, but that really was one of his standout performances. I also know Kaya, left back, had a very solid game, as usual... Josh Dudley, centre-back, another great game. There was there was many you could pick, but I think almost just for the bias of his being his birthday, you've got to give it to Timo. And I think, uh, you know, maybe his referees and, and anyone close to him would be slightly relieved by that because obviously he's, he's doing absolutely... He's going absolutely nowhere on the academic side of things. Yeah. So, you know, you'd expect to see some results on, on what he... Is you know, I think he's currently ha- focusing on with this football. You know, if you are not doing anything academic wise, you know, an expected ATAR of around thirty. You, well, I was you, just you'd about expect to, a performance. I was just about to say his passing completion percentage was higher than his ATAR, and I think that shows where he's trying to take his career. He's obviously trying to keep it more on the football side of things than on the academic, which really is a good, um, really good decision. But kind of linking to that. We, if you go over to the Instagram again, you'll see the last dance post, and this really was a really brilliant last dance for, for the maybe. Ten, eleven of the of the year twelves that were actually graduate. They do graduate, this week. So, obviously now we're talking week seven. They they played their final game week nine last day of week nine, and now they're graduating week week. Seven. So, what a last dance that is! And can you just touch on the feeling that you, you as a, as such a high level journalist, see in these these kind of moments? Well, I think there was the build up for this was interesting because, as you touched on before, it was delayed. So, I think we were really there was a big build up to that that first uh, scheduling because it was still pre exams and. Uh, I think it was a more uh, favourable time as well. The intermediate boys were going to be taken on a bus as as support. And I think that was really building up to it. But, you know, obviously it got delayed and that kind of died down. But we did see a lot of attention actually on the Football Academy in the last week. 
because of uh, voting for football captains. And also there's the, the awards dinner tomorrow night, actually, Monday night. So I think all this attention surrounding the Football Academy definitely translated into this game. Unfortunately, it was at a slightly annoying uh, time for spectators, around an hour and a half after after the, the daily conference had finished. Um, however, you know, I think especially with the coverage that we gave it in football terms, really helped to, to kind of spread the game to a wider audience, yeah. at least the result to a wider audience, yeah, and, and really give them the publicity that they deserved on their last dance. Yeah, because I was just about to mention, we saw a crowd of about 60,000 people at this game. It was it was actually a very big turnout, and I, and I can't say I was expecting it. I think, obviously, our post had a big influence on that, but I think... You know, I'm not sure how much money the school paid the refs and SPL's uh, organisation to have a home grand final. Usually we'd see that at a neutral venue, but obviously there was some some money brought into it somewhere. They, yeah, I think that really fueled the team because last thing you want to do is go down a third time to Albany Creek at home in front of 60,000 fans. I touched on before about Football Academy captains. The current captain... Uh, who will be the current captain for about another day until the t- until the awards dinner? Um, Oscar. What influence did he play in this match? Because obviously, he has a big influence over the academy. Has been a great uh, a great leader for the whole academy this year. Scored a goal. What's his influence in the dressing room? He he really is looked up to by many players by many players in the academy. Growing up, the, the you know the young ones, the grade seven, grade eights, he's really looked up to. But he's also, which is what makes him such a great leader, is he's looked up to by, by some of his elders in his own team, and I think that that shows what kind of person he is. But I think what he brings to the football field is he brings a bit of flair, he brings a bit of, um, a bit of character. Because without him, I think you could really get stuck up in the old. Daryl Cash style of football, yeah. just play the first pass you see, get into some rondos, you know, all that kind of vibe. Whereas he brings a bit of creativity into the team. And I think he's more of a captain that leads by action rather than a captain that leads by speech. By example, would by, be the common if, phrase. Sorry, yes. But obviously in football terms, we like to switch up our phrases. But yeah, so I think he's, he is, he is the epitome of what Cavern looking for in, in a... And a captain. Continuing with the uh, captains, and I had did have some concerns from an outside perspective that the nail biting and uh, you know uh, quite engaging race that we saw for next year's football academy captains could really affect the atmosphere in the dressing room leading into this game because we saw some big rivalries come up between you know you may have previously thought of them as as friends, but there was a chance that they would have, uh, you know, fallen into foes, conflicted throughout this period, throughout this process, because of this this nail-biting race for Football Academy captains. However, that seemed to kind of, uh, you know, um, fall away as this game approached. I think it was a healthy competition. I think, realistically, they were actually helping each other with their applications, so it was healthy, although obviously there's in the back of the mind that you do want to be that captain. So 
realistically, there is that, that bit of competition there. But I think what did help was on the Thursday, it, this, this may be leaked, um, leaked information actually, but so we had Novak Roman and Josh running as the male, uh, male captains and it was made aware that Josh was seriously lagging behind in the voting and Roman and Roman and Novak were really taking, taking a leap forward in the, in the voting process. So I think Josh wasn't too concerned about that. Realistically, I think it was more his referees kind of pushing him to, to see if, see if he could do that. But his lack of campaign, I think is the reason why he is lagging behind. And so I think going into the final, Josh was already made aware that he, in for no chance, Novak and Roman know each other very well. And I think that aspect of knowing that they've both done well, their campaigns have been successful, brings a bit of internal success already before you even know who has, who has been um, chosen as, as the captain for next year. But I think where we also look back on Oscar is, Oscar is a very humble human being. And if you're going to be arrogant as the year 11, looking to become year 12 captain in the face of the current captain, I think you're fooling yourself. The final point here that I want to touch on is the effect on Cavarode's reputation because, frankly, it's been a pretty much a horror show in all the other age groups this year. Um, you know, intermediate boys especially, absolutely shocking season. However, in the senior, in the senior side of football, Cavarode have had success in the past years and they've continued that this year. And I think, frankly, it was needed because reputation of being an elite footballing school is quickly slipping away and may well slip away within the next few years as we see, you know, the current under under fifteens, under sixteens move up into senior football. I think what what you do miss here though is that Cav really do follow the philosophy that as a young and you're you're actually looking more at developing than winning games. And so maybe maybe what we're seeing here is that our younger ones are actually developing very well and when they come to the senior football they will be very good players but I think we still I think as you say this was very much a relief for, for Turp and Cash's employment at Cav Road particularly Turp I was going to say particularly Turp and his coaching as well because many could argue that you know what is he kind of adding to the development of many of the players that he coaches exactly yeah but and I think this was much needed for his credentials as, you know, football academy director. And um, I think that was highlighted in his... He needs his, some form of success. I think that was highlighted in his more serious approach that he actually took to this final because usually he wouldn't really be too fussed as he knows that he is also a PE teacher outside of that. But now that, now that he's realised that this is his only hope of keeping his job, he really did take a serious, serious um, foot forward in this game but I think we still have hope in in the coming years although the year 12s have left we still have those very good year 11s moving forward and I think in the intermediate boys we have we have four or five that are are going to be great additions to that team so I think we do have hope next year and and the grade eights coming through also maybe yeah I was just going to say I'm concerned for about two years time when we see the grade nines having to make up numbers in the senior SPL squad. Oh, that's when Turk that, should That design. will be. I think that ultimately is his best decision for his own personal reputation. Unless he can find a tactics board and actually 
creative philosophy. He may pass the may pass the senior SPL coaching job off to to Darren someone Cash. like Amos. I was going to say, or even Amos. At this point, we I think we're at the point now where you have you're just going to try things. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to you've got to experiment. I was going to say just. Chuck Amos in there like a big to slaughter and, you know... See what happens. Blame it all on her. Yeah, realistically. No one even knows if she's a good coach anyway. Yeah, exactly. Chance to prove herself and, you know, hope for the best. We'll see. We'll see. But, again, what a great episode that was. Thank you for for taking your time to listen to this one. I I hope this gets the same attention that the Instagram post did. And... The commentary of this game should be up by the end of the week. Can't guarantee anything, but certainly up by next week. So jump over to the YouTube um, early next week and and the highlights should be up there. Thank you again for Brizio for talking about the wonderful final that we did see. Thank you, man.